0: Good morning, Fitzroy. Good Good morning,
1: morning, Fitzroy. Fitzroy. From the Millers. Morning, Fitzroy. Jeremy here. Well, this is a special weekend for Fitzers, as it includes the date 10-10-2020. So, whether you're back in church or watching from home, may we all come together to live life in all its fullness.
2: Now that's a gathering. That come up in my Facebook share memories this week just a year ago in Fitzroy. We were jammed in. There was even a good crowd in the balcony and we were moving to Levixen's Ugandan grooves. We were throwing shapes. There was a buzz. We were jumping that's the kind of gathering that we're longing for that we can't do in these times and I just thought it would be good to show it as a wee memory and a wee kind of sort of reach for the hope that we have that we can we can be back doing those kinds of Fitzroy uh, communal things again. Uh, so this morning's gathering there is a gathering in Fitzroy this morning and that gathering um it's not anything like the Levixen one from a year ago and so session met this week and we decided that uh, 75% of the congregation are not in the gathering in the morning even though Fitzroy uh, is at capacity this morning um, for those of you who want to come. Uh, So we decided that we would make this our main service for the foreseeable future until those days when we're back like Levixen with all that energy and all that sense of fullness. So so this is going to be the main service going out at 11 o'clock and we don't want to compete with the online service for the foreseeable future. So we're moving the gatherings to 5 o'clock in the evenings and we're doing them every other week. So uh, there, there will be no gathering in the morning, uh, only the online service and then we will gather at five o'clock and uh, we will do different things there for more reflective worship, maybe something out of the main online service or something completely different. So the next two of those are the 25th of October um And then the eighth of November. So, if you want to come at five o'clock on the twenty fifth of October, then you need to email Roberta and book in for that. Roberta at Fitzroy dot co dot uk, and uh, then come along to the gatherings uh, as you can as you can use them. That's how we're going forward for the next while. But of course, in COVID nineteen times. Things change all the time, and the next session meeting might reflect and change it again. But at the moment, we're 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 feeling pretty sure that that's the way we'll try and get ourselves through these next uh, few months in this strange terrain. Before we come to worship this morning, let us pray together. Lord, we gather from all around the world, and there's a revolutionary call, you inviting us to gather. God, in your grace, you invite us to come and worship together. Oh, strangely, because here we are in our homes alone, scattered across the globe, and yet somehow united not only with one another, but with you. May that be the case this morning. May we sense connection. Connection in the horizontal community of Fitzroy and those associate members that we've picked up in these COVID times, and also deep connection with the living God. Oh, we ask it and long for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: This morning our intercessory prayers will focus first on public leadership and love for neighbour. In the later part we will mention personal situations for prayer and people known to you may come to mind and be blessed by your praying with us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we turn to you our shield and defender. We pray for our political leaders, help the Prime Minister and his cabinet colleagues To carefully consider the medical advice, as well as the input of local leaders, particularly in the north of England, and so find a way of showing compassionate and decisive government. We pray for the Northern Ireland Executive, that they will make wise judgments on lockdown restrictions. We pray that good communication between Arlene and Michelle will continue, even as Michelle has to self-isolate and that inter-party cooperation with the new executive will remain strong. We pray, Lord, for our health service as hospital admissions climb. We pray for healthcare care staff who are working under greater pressure because colleagues are having to self-isolate. Help those who run other health services to keep these open so that people can get the tests and treatments that they need. We pray for the business community. Thank you that the Chancellor has been able to announce some further financial support for those forced to close their doors. But we pray for those who can't avail of this scheme and for those who have already found themselves out of work. We pray that skills training will enable them to find hope for the future. And we pray Lord for the public, for all of us. This is a time to care for our brothers and sisters. Help us to not only comply with local restrictions, but also to truly love our neighbour. May love of neighbour be what drives public discourse at this time.
0: Heavenly Father, we pray for older people who feel lonely, afraid and isolated. We pray for connection with family, neighbours, friends and church. relieve anxiety and bring company and reassurance Lord we pray for those with responsibility for family members old and young Lord give patience and wisdom as family bubbles protect the vulnerable within their group Lord please guide and bless busy people in the logistical challenges around work, children's schooling, caring responsibilities and keeping home We pray for young adults, especially those furloughed, unemployed or unable to work. We pray for a sense of purpose and fulfilment. Heavenly Father, we pray for young people at school or in further education. We pray for your hand of protection on students who are self-isolating away from home. Lord we pray for all children, for the opportunity to flourish. We pray especially for children with additional needs, for whom life can be so challenging. We pray for their carers. Give them joy in their caring. We bring all these prayers before you now, Lord, giving thanks and praise for your love for each one of us. Amen.
3: from Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 to 14. When the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered round Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered them, Take off your gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing, and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol, cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, who you brought out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterwards, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol, cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone, so that my anger may burn against them, and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favour of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, It is with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster in your people. Remember, your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring in his people the disaster he had threatened.
2: 10, That was yesterday's date. Now if you take the 10, 10, as I go on about all the time, John 10 and verse 10, I have come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness. And if you take a look at 2020, which should mean perfect vision, how do you find life in all its fullness? And perfect vision in the midst of the news that we're going through at this moment in time. And the restrictions that are coming down and might come down more. And the fear that we had at session this week of having a gathering at all this particular week. How do we find life in all its fullness? How do we find perfect vision in the midst of such times? There's what I'm wrestling with. Or do we just leave it until we come out the other end? We resonate again, do we not, with Holly's reading. Happy birthday this week, Holly. Um, in Holly's reading of Exodus chapter 32. Here we are further along than we've been in the story over the last month. Still in the wilderness. Remembering that Exodus can kind of divide into two. We get out of Egypt in the first 19 chapters. We get the law from Sinai at the end of that half. And then we go into another half. The uh, And this half... Uh, that we're halfway through almost as, as, as we think about it in, in chapter 32. We find the children of Israel, they've now got the law and God has reconnected covenant with them um, that they're going to keep this law and, um, and that the relationship with God in the wilderness has kind of come around these new incredible laws. The laws that were written thousands of years ago during this wilderness experience that we've never come up with better ever since. No matter how many people poo-poo the Bible. Thousands of years ago we come up with these Ten Commandments. And these commandments still hold true. I remember about 20 years ago being on the radio one Sunday morning with a humanist. And the humanist was talking about the Bible and how out of date the Bible was. And we were talking specifically about the Ten Commandments. And how old hat the Ten Commandments were. And how we needed to get rid of the Ten Commandments. And I stopped and I said, do you want to be... Do you want to have your house stolen? Uh, Do you want stuff stolen from your house? Do you want somebody to murder a member of your family? Do you want somebody to run off with your husband or wife? Oh no, 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 not at all. So they're not that outdated. These are incredible laws that we were given all those years ago. So the children of Israel have been given these laws... They've come into this covenant again with God, not as patriarchs or as individuals, but as this fledgling nation that is coming about. And they journey on. And God, in the midst of the journeying on, is uh, trying to talk to Moses about how he might, God that is, be a presence among them. Almost an Emmanuel. I want to live among the people. So up the mountain again, and Moses is getting these instructions of uh, the tabernacle and all the ways that we're going to be able to come into the holy of holies and all the things that are going to allow God to live in the midst of the people. That's where Moses is as, as we, as we think through today's reading. The children of Israel, on the other hand, are in a very uncertain time because have they not been frail and fragile the whole way through? Have we not been frail and fragile? the whole way through these last seven months. They've been frail and fragile. And even though God has met with them and and given them the manna, and even though God has met with them and brought the water out of the rock, they are still a little bit unsure. So when Moses, their leader, disappears back into the mountain, and when he stays away longer than they would like, longer than we would like, is that not a bit of a feeling of where we are at this moment? Longer than we would like? Suddenly they begin to panic. There's a thing that seems to happen far too regularly for all of us at the moment. We seem to begin into almost a daily panic. Some new restriction and we panic again. We have shown amazing resilience. Not only as those followers of Jesus that meet online here in the Fitzroy service. But as a nation there's been a certain amount of resilience that we have seen. Not only as a nation but actually across much of the world. And yet we still return to panic mode every now and again. That's where the children of Israel are. They're in this panic mode. And when they're in this panic mode, where do they look? Where do they look for leadership when Moses is up the mountain and God hasn't yet begun to live among them? Oh, they have the law and they have the covenant. But this part of God coming to dwell among them has not yet been sorted out. So they're floundering a bit again, floundering in the wilderness yet again, floundering in coronavirus yet again. Where did the children of Israel look? Well, it seems to me that they look back and they look in. They look back and they look in. They look back to all the trinkets that they brought out of Egypt, all this gold and silver and all the stuff that they have, all these trinkets, they bring them Um, They bring them almost as a sacrifice and that could have been as a part of what God was telling them about how they might sacrifice to him earlier in the book. But they bring all these things to Aaron who then makes this golden calf. The golden calf seems to me to be an idol that uh, is an idol based on what we have uh, outside and within. We're leaning on ourselves. We're leaning on the old familiar things. The old familiar trinkets. We're looking for guidance. We're looking for presence. We're looking for hope. We're looking for something that we can lean on. And we're going to lean on the things we have and our own ideas. That's where the children of Israel are. But look where Moses is. Moses is going through the imaginations that would blow the mind in the book of Exodus. He gets as close to God as any human being ever has before and he gets the Ten Commandments. And he brings them down the mountain. Ten Commandments that he might have thought would see them through the wilderness, but thousands of years later were still holding to them in the laws of the land. He has got a covenant between this menagerie of people under one, 12 tribes into one nation. A covenant between them and God. The things that God has shown him and said to him and been doing in him, it's an imagination that would blow the mind. And he's back up that mountain getting more imagination getting his mind blown even more with how God's speaking to him about how he should lead these people and how God can possibly come and live among them thousands of years before he'll actually do that in person. Moses is in a place of imagining. He's not looking back to Egypt. He's not looking back to the things within us or the things that we carry that we have or trinkets. He's looking to this transcendent God who has connected with his people and has brought in a way of life that is not just for them but to be a light to the nation. There's the two different places that we find ourselves in the wilderness. The people who are looking back and in and the Moses who's looking forward to this promised land, to this nation that's going to give light to all the other nations and a history that Moses can only get a hem of the coat of but will eventually lead to Jesus and the church and our salvation and Fitzroy or wherever we are this morning he's getting a little hint of what's up ahead he's not looking back he's looking forward he's not looking inside himself he's looking to this transcendent God that can do something with some potency and God's not pleased God is angry with the people That they have gone for themselves, that they've gone for a graven image, that they've gone for a golden calf of some sort of their own trinkets and and something that looks like all the other gods and all the other nations whatever this god was about whatever this nation was going to be about whatever this kingdom was going to be about in our time it was going to be different than the nations around about but they had gone back to the familiar gone back to what they had gone back to what everybody else did around them gone back to their own strength and god is angry and moses has to barter with god god's probably hurt more than angry the laws come down the mountain the covenant's been made and not long after the covenant's been made my goodness me we're making our own idols what about ourselves what about us where we're traveling thousands of years later it is a wilderness we've been through that a couple of weeks ago and three weeks ago we've looked at the wilderness road we're aware that we have the same uncertainties and the same anxieties We're aware that it's very easy for us just to lean on our own understanding. To lean in the things that we have around us. Materialist things that we think can somehow help us. When all they are are things you could throw against a wall and dent. Our own ideas. Our own humanity that within cannot produce what God sees ahead. It's interesting for me this week... As I thought about this, I actually began to think that what was happening was very much like what was happening at the creation. God was hovering over the void to create something. And I used that way back at the start of coronavirus. And we can look at how in the midst of that Easter passion, from the moment of betrayal to those moments in Pilate's quarters, to that awful walk up to Calvary, to that awful crucifixion that in the midst of betrayal of his best friends, that in the midst of that darkness and that suffering, God was hovering over it to create a whole new world and resurrection. And it seems to me that God was hovering over this wilderness experience, the anxiety and the uncertainty, and out of it he was going to create a nation that was going to have a history that would lead into the seed of Abraham that would be all of us. God is creating in places that we least expect. So what about us? This very Sunday. Oh, we're weary. My goodness, are we weary. My goodness, I did a sermon about the six-week wall, and now we're over seven months into it. Oh, every time we read the news, we think we're further away from the freedom of it. Oh, we're weary. But in our weariness, where are we going to look? Because there are hints, I think, of 1010 even in the wilderness. There's hints, I think, of the presence of God even on the suffering of the cross. There's hints, I think, of God in all the voids across history because the Holy Spirit is hovering to create, to do new things, to do transcendent things, to lead us forward. Let us not be a people who look back at what was familiar, not even in the time of the church service. Not even in the things that we did then that gave us some sort of comfort or even connection with God. Let us think as Moses was thinking about new things. About new ways for God to be among us. For a new promised land. For a transcendent thing to lean on. Something that couldn't be seen like the golden calf was. But could actually help us find strength. Oh, there was uh, a big birthday this week. And it wasn't mine. It was John Lennon's. If John Lennon hadn't been so tragically murdered in December 1980, he would have been 80 years of age on Friday. And that had me thinking John Lennon again. And I blogged about what John Lennon had meant in my life and the complications of that because I'd gone off him for a long number of years and I've rediscovered him in his foibles and quirks and brokenness more recently. And of course, people talk about imagine and imagine there's no heaven. It was a Marxist diatribe and, and God wasn't in it. I think there's something in imagine that is in this story in the wilderness. I think there's something in imagine that was there right at the start of creation. I think there's something of imagine that was there in the crucifixion and all the dark places. An imagining of something different. An imagining of something better. An imagining of another world. I said this week in a blog that uh, I'd been thrown out of a balloon debate at Balaamena Academy because I used John Lennon's idea of a utopian state and it was vacuous. There was nothing robust about it. And that's why about a year later I discovered Jesus and realised that John Lennon had great ideas and great imaginings but there was nothing concrete or robust or foundational below them. And that Jesus came with not only imaginings and ideas, but with the work that he did in his birth, death, life, resurrection, ascension, that gave some substance to his imaginings. Grace and imagination is a phrase that I used right at the outset of going through this virus. And I have to say, it is by public demand that I keep bringing it back. I used to say that singers had an advantage because they could ask for old favourites. Over this time, people have said to me time and time again, keep coming back to grace and imagination. I think if we look in the right parts of the reading today, we see grace and imagination. We see people who had no imagination and were thinking about the old traditional ways. That's the way we've always done it. That's what we can trust in because that's what we know. And they came up with an idol, a golden calf. The other end of it, we have God and Moses up a mountain imagining things that would blow the mind and would change the whole history of time. We have imaginings of something incredible and better and new. And we have grace because in the end, God forgave the people for the golden calf. God forgave the people for leaning on their own understanding. God forgave the people for trusting in what was familiar, and the traditions of what we've always done. I think more than any other time in my life, and maybe in the church history over the last couple of hundred years, we're in a place that may be a wilderness that allows us to imagine, like Moses did with God up a mountain, and that we might have a chance for this grace and imagination. Maybe not to find it in its fullness in the midst of it, maybe it'll not be ten ten, and maybe it'll not be twenty twenty in the midst of it, but it might just be the journey through these times that gets us closer to ten ten and a whole new vision, a whole new twenty twenty when we come out the other side of it.
4: So that stone was moved for again, and the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe. For the souls of all who come to the Father are restored. And the Church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame. that is gospel truth of old, Shall not kneel and shall not faint By his blood and in his name In his freedom I am free For the love of Jesus Christ Who is resurrecting me
2: Thank you again for watching us this morning in Fitzroy. Um, as we gathered last Sunday, and no doubt as we gathered this morning, one of the things that we discovered that we'd maybe missed was the benediction. Now, I know for many people, uh, some new churches have discarded the benediction as that boring thing at the end of a service. And some of us even go through the motions as if it's their rolling credits at the end of the service. Uh, but it's not. Uh, Ma- Marilyn Robinson has taught me, and we've we've tried to bring it into Fitzroy as this communal opportunity to bless one another with this prayer of Paul's on one another as we go out to face the world around us. So this morning maybe you could turn to if you're with family you might want to turn and share the benediction over family but what I'm suggesting is we do the opposite of what we normally do. We actually close our eyes and we imagine those people around us normally in the pews that uh, we've been missing sitting with. And we imagine eyeballing them. And we imagine sharing our blessing over them. Let's do that right now. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all this day and forevermore. Amen. And as sometimes we shout in Fitzroy, Hallelujah!